The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. The final day of the government's consultative forum on international security policy has been taking place in Dublin Castle today, and some of the questions being discussed surrounded how to define Ireland's neutrality and what it will look like going forward. And one of the people who has been critical of some of the language coming from government spokespeople on this issue is MEP for uh, Dublin, Claire Daly. And she joins me now. Good afternoon, Claire. How are you, Anton? How's it going? I'm very good. One of the issues with this has been whether or not the fact of the forum at all is a bad thing. Is it your view that it is beneficial to ventilate these matters in public like this? Well, I would have loved to have seen that, actually. Prior to when I departed the doll, my name was the one that mentioned neutrality most in the history books. So it's something I've wanted to talk about for a very long time. But the problem with this forum is the manner in which it's been constructed. So the whole dialogue is sort of based that these are very complex issues that the sort of ordinary plebs wouldn't understand. We need a group of experts to explain it to us. And there was hardly any input from the public. So I think it's well established now that a lot of the speakers came from EU-funded professorships, from the arms industry, from British foreign policy think tanks, uh, US and UK think tanks. And I'm not sure they're the best. They have a view and they're absolutely entitled to that view, but it's not an unbiased view. And the forums were very much constructed in a manner in which the outcome is sort of predetermined. So I can tell you now what's going to happen. We'll get... Our neutrality isn't going to be affected. We're not going to join NATO, but absolutely everything that we do next will be marching us further down that road. So you're going to see much more EU defence integration, much more Irish taxpayers' money being spent on uh, defence, and the creep is very much on. You may even see the triple lock being attempted to be removed. So it's it's not in the same vein as the citizens' assemblies or other gatherings. So can, it's not a real conversation. Can we not do the two of those hand in hand? Whatever about the triple lock, and it's we're a long, we are a long way, though it may happen, but we're a long way from that being encroached upon. But the investment in mutual European defence and all of that can that not be engaged in while still keeping our neutrality sacrosanct? Well, I think that the forum will tell you yes. But the first thing to say is that we're not a long way away, that the three government parties are on the record as saying, even prior to this forum, that they're in favour of the triple lock being reformed. Your listeners will know this is the mechanism under which Irish troops can be sent abroad. If there's more than 12, it has to be on a UN mission. It has to have the approval of the doll and the government. So my point on that would be, well, that pretty much covers anything we would want to cover. How is this not for pur- fit for purpose? The only purpose it's not fit for is sending troops on missions that don't have a UN mandate. And I don't think that's something that the people of Ireland want. That would mean missions like going as they did in the past to Iraq or Afghanistan or the Sahel or involvement in what the EU now has a rapid deployment uh, mechanism where they want to go into even what they call non-permissive environments, which means going into countries who don't want you there. And, you know, we can dress that up as peacekeeping or say we're spreading our values, but it's actually spreading our own strategic interests and doesn't have anything to do with peacekeeping or the benefit of people in those countries. So I'm in favour of our defence forces being paid better and all of that, but I think wasting money... But can I come back to the issue of the the triple lock in that instance where, let us imagine you have a situation where the UN, by virtue of the veto of countries who may have a specific interest, 
doesn't give a mandate to a peacekeeping mission. We are restrained, therefore, in not sending peacekeepers, whereas it might be of great merit and of a humanitarian cause, even without UN support. Is that not a possibility? Well, you see, that, and that's a, a very good sort of red herring that's been thrown into the debate. Like the impression was very much given that, oh, the UN is in chaos, it's not functioning, we won't be able to do our good peacekeeping work. Now, Ireland is the only country with an uninterrupted peacekeeping service, 107 missions, 72,000 Irish men and women have served, and only once was the veto used, and that was by China. The veto is not stopping the functioning of the United Nations. Now, there are difficulties in the United Nations, of course. Multilateralism has been dealt a blow because of the new great power conflict that we're in, but it's not because of the veto. I mean, last year alone, uh, all of the UN missions were renewed, including the one in Bosnia. There'd been a lot of talk that because of the war in Ukraine, that Russia would use the veto to stop the UN-led, uh, the EU-led UN mission in Bosnia. That didn't happen. The Russians uh, agreed that. And all, there were actually, it was a record year for peacekeeping last year with the UN, 64 mandates in 38 regions. So there is a problem with the UN, but it's not the use of the veto that is the problem. There's nothing stopping Ireland participating there. And another red herring that's often thrown in is the idea of we wouldn't be able to go in and evacuate people from Sudan and all that kind of thing. Humanitarian exercises do not require uh, the use of the triple lock. We, they, we can do that without that. And neither do European Union training missions. So that's a really wide berth. What else does the government want us to be going on that isn't covered by those areas. That's the question. And it is precisely the types of missions where people don't want you in their countries. Uh, and that's something that Ireland has never gotten involved in before. And I think, you know, people well, would be very reticent to see Can I that pick happen. up on that thing of, the, of, of what Ireland has never been involved be, uh, in before and just go to the heart of the whole neutrality issue? Because if you look at something like Russia's egregious and illegal invasion of Ukraine, there will be people who will say um, that in that instance, the old Edmund Burke quote of all it takes for evil to triumph is good men to stand by and do nothing. In the same way, is there not an instance wherein we should be taking action against wrongdoing and against evil? Totally. We should absolutely be taking action in that instance and doing everything in our power to end this war, which is causing absolute decimation on the people and the country of Ukraine. And we should be, and we were on the UN Security Council at the time when this first major war on European territory since World War II, well, not the first one, but first the, the first major one reoccurred. We were on the Security Council. Mexico, another neutral country with a colonial past, moved for there to be high-level caucus and dialogue for peace Two or six months into the war. Ireland didn't support that. So we should be using our position for peace and an end for the hostilities, absolutely. But can I ask, Terry, if you have somebody like a Vladimir Putin, if you have somebody who has the track record that he has and the leaning towards militarism and the leaning towards conflict that he has, do you use dialogue with somebody like that to get to a resolution? Does it have any effect? Look at the US sat down with the Taliban who are preventing people from going to school. The people in Rwanda sat down. There were different sides. There were cannibalism orchestrated mass rapes. The whole idea of peace and dialogue is that it's very, very complex. It's the actual 
opposite of doing nothing. It requires an awful lot of work. Would we have had the peace agreement in Northern Ireland without the input of the US and without the US having our back in that talk? We wouldn't. So like that, the international community is needed to be involved in peace negotiations in Ukraine and Russia. And the actual fact of the matter is that Ukraine and Russia did sit down last April. They did agree the outlines of uh, an agreement and it was the UK and the US who prevented them from signing that. And we have these... But Claire, would you not say in that instance that the only reason that there was a Ukraine available to sit down to have those discussions was because of its military capacity bolstered by NATO countries in large part to defend themselves and remain a sovereign country? Well, I mean, Ukraine had one of the strongest um, armies in the world before the invasion. They've certainly a a more one with more military hardware now, and they have absolutely every right under international law to defend themselves. Of course they do. But the job of the international community is not to just give them enough arms to keep it going so that their young men can continue to be slaughtered, their women and children forced out of their homes and their country absolutely decimated and taken over. The obligation of the international community in this instance, as in every war, should be to stop the hostility. And I don't see why, you know, that was good enough for uh, every other war. And in this war, we can't have peace. I mean, you've got to see it as well against the backdrop of that the West is arming Ukraine to the point of keeping the conflict going. They're not arming them to end it. They're arming it to keep it going. And I think that's reprehensible because it's young working class Ukrainians who are doing the dying in this situation. And that's something I've wanted to see stopped from the very beginning. And the idea which has kind of been suggested that this is some sort of appeasement is absolute nonsense. Peace and justice go hand in hand and it will be up to the sides to negotiate that for for everybody on the sideline to say, keep on fighting, lads. Off you go is... uh, really despicable and it's never okay. applied anywhere else so why here Claire Daly thank you very much that is Claire Daly MEP for Dublin The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.